Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. Full of frustration. Full of despair. From years of hurt, disappointment, and relegation. Two British football fans have had enough. Canary Bird Elliot Holman and Wanderer Henry Hewitt are in search of glory, pride, passion, in search of silverware. And they found Major League Soccer. You've got 30 seconds. Go. Well, this weekend was uh, quite interesting. My team, Atlanta, smashed Elliot's team, Orlando, 4-0. It was a great performance from us. Less so from Orlando. What is it, like 20 games you've lost in a row now? Um, Yep. I can't even take... I, I can't take it anymore. It was just too easy. Like, there's no point in me getting excited, really, because it was just expected. I'm disappointed for you. Are you done? Yeah. Is that it? Yeah. Promise? No. <laughs> promise? Okay, I promise. Thank you. Let's do it. <laughs> this is the MLS UK show. I don't know why we wanted to do this. I'm done. All these episodes later, I don't know why we ever thought it was a good idea. Hello, this is Elliot Holman. And I'm Henry Hewitt. Here's what's on this podcast. It's going to be a long, long suffering podcast for me, I feel. We'll have a look back at what happened last weekend. As Atlanta beat Orlando 4-0. I thought that was it. Nope. I lied. Uh, Also, we'll take a look ahead to this weekend's action and... We'll be having a look at the All-Star team that was announced last week as well. Can you believe only one Orlando City player in the All-Star? And about 20 Atlanta players. Oh. Honestly, it makes me feel sick. MLS UK Show with Elliot Holman and Henry Hewitt. So how are you? I'm great, mate. I've never been better. <laughs> I noticed when I texted you on uh, Sunday morning uh, about... What twelve oh two? Two minutes into the game, you uh, you ignored me. I then put some stuff on our Twitter account at MLS UK Show, which people were laughing at, and you still ignored me until Sunday evening when you was like, "Oh, did you see the football?" But you meant the World Cup. Yeah, MLS is dead to me. Oh, don't be like that. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Uh, I'll tell you the truth. What really happened, mm-hmm. and this is genuinely true. Uh, do you know when? Right, do you remember when Spain played Portugal in the World Cup and Orlando City announced that they were part in company with Jason Christ and everyone was like, oh, this World Cup game's incredible. Like, Ronaldo, what a free kick. What a goal, like, from Spain. Um, like, everyone was distracted and Orlando just went, by the way, we've uh, got rid of the coach. And it was, like, the perfect timing. Yeah. Uh, my mum helped me out this weekend uh, by announcing that uh, she got engaged about 10 minutes before kickoff. Uh, in the Atlanta Orlando game, so I was kind of focused on that, which is why I didn't reply genuinely. Uh, I did watch the game till it was three nil, uh, and then I went to bed. So you know, I wasn't ignoring you per se. 
It's just there was a lot going on. Oh, well, Perfect timing. Congratulations, Mama Holman. But uh, yeah, let's. Uh, this All was rosy for three minutes yeah. and then kickoff happened. This isn't a podcast about mums getting engaged. It's a podcast about MLS. And your team lost 4 0 in a convincing performance. No, joking, all jokes aside, right? The first half of that game, obviously, Atlanta went 1 0 up after like two minutes. And the way Orlando played for the rest of the half, I was quite impressed. I thought, you know, showing some fight, was showing uh, they, they try and cre- uh, create stuff. And then you came out for the second half, and I don't. Atlanta played well. Obviously, Almiron's goal was like he just took it upon himself to run through the defense. But I even thought, oh, I was a bit disappointed. I thought, come on, put up some fight. You've lost like fifty games in a row. Come on. I don't I, uh, right. This is the thing. I don't know what to say anymore because Orlando. Excuse me. That's my uh, that's my phone just being professional as always. What is another family member getting engaged to get you out of his? Uh, it's my girl. Out of it's my girlfriend. I hope she's not got engaged. That'll be a, be a bit of a situation to deal with, isn't it? Um, anyway, uh, be honest. Yeah, like it's getting beyond the joke. Orlando's getting beyond the joke. They've appointed a new coach, James O'Connor. So hopefully, um, you know. He's got ties to Orlando anyway. He used to play for them um, in, in USL. Um, has had a lot of success um, with Louisville City in USL as well. So, you know, he's got experience. He's a winner. I'm looking forward to seeing seeing what that brings. Um, change needs to happen very, very quickly. But I'm confused. Right. I like to think... We have a laugh on this podcast, okay? And I'm well up for banter, okay? So... When I was when we were winning six games in a row, and I was like, "Get in, get in!" Everyone was like, everyone was having a laugh with it, loving it on Twitter, saying we should get T-shirts made, all this. I've never, and you'll back me up on this, as much as we have banter on this podcast. I've never actually been mean or um, nasty about Atlanta. Uh, no, I, have, I haven't. You well, you're not impressed that Martinez doesn't celebrate well that's about that's it. about as malicious as it gets really yeah, yeah. for a t- you know considering these two i don't buy into the rivalry like we we watch football over here where there is like a genuine severe rivalry between teams that have been next to each other for years and years and years fighting it out over literally hundreds of years um so i don't buy into this rivalry yet i like that it's happening but i don't buy into it i, I don't hate atlanta i don't have anything against atlanta other than we're just supposed to hate them um but I'll be honest with you, I think some people are going a little bit over the top on Twitter. Like, this is the first time where I've been like, all right, calm down. Like, I'm getting like I'm getting actual abuse on Twitter. Well, like, just because Orlando have lost 4-0. And I'm like, oh, I've not, I've not done anything to you. So I want you to defend your people, please. Well, why am I getting abuse from Atlanta fans? Well, so it's just banter. Come on, guys, just banter. Yeah, it is, but you're still, you know... You've got one of them faces that people like to take the mick out of. <laughs> so people do it. But I know I know. one day Orlando, whether it's the next game or next season or the season after or... Three decades be, away. Yeah, 30 years away. Orlando will get a decent result against Atlanta one day and you'll get your revenge. But until then... You know, I'll call them... Yeah. That word. But until then, 4-0. We'll see. Come, I'll be honest with you. I'm not. I'm not trying to deflect. I'm happy to talk about the game if you'd like to. But I'd. I'd like to focus on Orlando, um, in in the next podcast when we can uh, maybe speak to a fan, talk about the talk about the appointment, um, really get his find out what his ideology is, see what his approach is going to be, and really sort of drill down into that. I'm happy to talk about the game, but I think in terms of uh, in terms of James O'Connor, it'd be interesting to see what um, what the fans are thinking. Yeah, well, no, I agree with that. We were expected to win, and uh, as an you know, for an Orlando point of view, we started this little run. Hopefully, we'll end it as well. I also think that um, when you're in a situation like Orlando are in, the worst place to go is Atlanta. It's the, the worst place you can possibly go. Like Atlanta, incredible roster, incredible manager, um, brilliant um, tactician in charge. The way that they approach games is, as I always say, just frightening. Um, I, I, it's just the worst place you could possibly possibly want to go and that's the biggest compliment I can pay to, pay to yeah. Atlanta to be fair well you look at the teams that Atlanta have dropped points at home to Portland and the two New York teams were in good form when they went mm. there so no I agree so yeah let's move on Atlanta still top of the league uh, 4-0 win very good win FC Dallas next for Atlanta so that'll be a no offence that'll be a much tougher test I can do, you think, do you think you're going to win the league? I honestly do yeah I think with the players we've got... How worried are you about New York? 
Um, no, I am, I'm worried about both New York teams, more so Red Bulls with their recent form. But Atlanta have shown this; they've stuck in there. They've, they've, what? Well, I don't know. We've, we've played near enough most, well, the majority of the teams, and we're still top at the moment. I just think with that attacking lineup, it's going to continue. And even you know, Nagby's been injured, and we've we've brought in another player to replace him, you know, like that. So it's. Yeah, the squad's there. The, the, I think this transfer window as well will be... Uh, I, I can see Atlanta strengthening even more. So Another question for you. Not, and l- like I say, I, d- I really think that Atlanta have got this... Um, got the conference wrapped up, probably the support shield wrapped up. Um, MLS Cup will be interesting. Um, they'll need to do a lot better than last year. But um, here's, this is a question not to knock Atlanta, but... Whilst all these records are being broken with attendance, and it's all, let's be honest, ever since it started, it's been really rosy. Mm. You know, from day one in ATL, it's been really rosy. There's been um, great players on display, um, big names, not so big names that have risen up through the ranks, um, big name manager, incredible stadium, one of the best stadiums in the world. If Atlanta lost or started their season like Toronto have, this first half of the season, next season, would all those fans still be there? Gen- genuine question. I'm not I'm not trying um, to knock it. I'm just I'm just asking a question. You know, it is a good question. And honestly, it's hard to, it is really hard to say because uh, I think Atlanta will not do as well next season. Almiron's going to go and maybe Martinez will go. A few of these players that are performing out of their skins will go to... Bolton. Uh, <laughs> well, we can only dream. Uh, but no, they will go. So whether the fans will buy into it a bit more, I mean, 71,000, it was the largest, the, it was the game on Saturday, including the World Cup games, every game across the world, it had the largest attendance, which for us in MLS is fantastic. And it will be sad to see if those fans don't return. Uh, Atlanta playing at a stadium with 12,000 fans as big, as, you know, a stadium as big as that. Mm. But I think Atlanta have bought into it, the the the. Uh, City have bought into it so I I don't think if they're still getting 71,000 fans in five years time and amazing I think that's a terrific effort mm. I don't think they will they'll probably go down to about 40, 50,000 but I think they'll still be the highest supported uh, club in MLS This is another thing as well is that a um, few people gloating about um, the attendance and the fact that you know Atlanta have got this stadium which you know, again, I'm not trying to take. It is a shared stadium. At the end of the day, like it's, it wasn't built solely for for no. the soccer team. Um, and I think it's great. Like I said, I think it's one of the best stadiums I've ever seen. I think it's absolutely brilliant. Um, it's still it's massive, but it still feels really inclusive. Everybody who's there is still close enough to the to the field to to be part of the action. Um, but uh, people were sort of throwing it in my face that that Atlanta had this and uh, that all this huge attendance. Great. We're here. We're here supporting MLS, trying to prove, you know, how great it is, um, how much interest there is in it. Try and drum in to, to try and drum up some more. If Atlanta are pulling in the biggest crowd out of the whole sporting weekend, blooming brilliant. I'm I'm genuinely buzzing with that. Like this is what we're trying to achieve. Like don't don't try and mock me for it. I, I'm yeah. I'm I'm really really pleased. And to be fair, for for Orlando to be a part of that, great. Yeah, I, the attendance thing is great when you've got it, but I don't see it as a tool to mock someone with. I mean, I support Bolton Wanderers in the UK. We get about like, seventeen thousand fans average. We've got Man United eight, eight like eight miles, I don't know, twelve kilometers away from us. It's it doesn't make a difference if you've got seventy one thousand people at a victory parade. Then great, but what's the point mm. if you don't win anything? Yeah, but yeah, I just wanted to make that point that actually doesn't bother me in the slightest it's exactly it's so good to see a team that didn't exist two years ago pulling in the, all those thousands of people is just brilliant for us it's exactly what we want it's exactly what we need that that does not bother me one tiny little bit I'm buzzing with that yeah right let's move on for the rest of the week I've, I've given too much credit to Orlando I feel dirty now yeah. I've gone too far the other way now well I, I, I'll try mate but there's not much I can give in the other way to no, be I'll, honest g- I'll, give, I'll give you that <laughs> um, right so isn't James O'Connor a, a lovely looking man <laughs> yeah I'm sure he'll do well uh, right rest of the week then it was a this weekend there were some great matches but also there were some great goalkeeping, goalkeeping. displays yeah. and um, I think you, you've got to look at Sunday evening for the goalkeeping displays of course Toronto's uh, run continues well 
I say Ronnie Toronto Smith. making Orlando look good. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm living for this. Um, I mean the. I always say when you compare Seattle, who also lost to Toronto, Toronto in a far better position this season than Seattle. I can still see Toronto getting into the playoffs and putting a little run together. But Giovinco missed the penalty. They've missed three penalties now this season, Toronto. Mm. They, they're not taking the chances. They're not being blown away. I think they'll they'll lose games 1-0, one, one Yeah, they're not one. getting thrashed. It's just not happening for them. I it's don't, not. And those not... penalties would have changed that. They've got at least three mm. extra points for that. So We're seeing them, we talked about this a few weeks ago, we're seeing them hit, hit the woodwork. We're seeing them, you know, miss penalties. I think if you, if you, if those goals went in and you sort of adjusted the the points total, they're certainly a, a little bit higher, probably yeah. at least above Orlando. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I think uh, I think it's just it's one of those seasons. It didn't get off to the best start because of because of the distraction that they had. You know, Seattle had exactly the same same issue, um, and and they're not exactly flying still either. No, uh, but New York Red Bulls are. And it was another great win for them. Uh, they've gone to Atlanta. They've they've gone to Toronto now. Uh, they beat New York City at home. They, they're really flying at the moment. And they deserve it. They're playing really well watching that game. What impressed me the most is New, New York Red Bulls have shown against Atlanta, against New York City, that they can blow teams away. They got the goal early on. Uh, Lawrence, a bit of a lucky goal. But then, uh, apart from them, you know, giving the penalty away, they really held it firm at the back and, and say what you want about Toronto. They've got great attacking players. So to keep a clean sheet is a really good result. Just because this is the, this is the key thing, um, I think, with, with New York Red Bulls. We talked about uh, one of their first games. They really showed incredible potential. Um, and then a few dodgy results. Obviously, Orlando had a, had a decent result against them, which looking back is really surprising. Yeah. Um, and, and then we saw them in the uh, New York Derby incredible like the way that they approached that game everything about it was was perfect and was was up there with with the way that Atlanta would go about things um but let's not forget just because Toronto are down there down where they are in the standings doesn't mean they don't have that firepower it doesn't mean they're difficult uh, they're not difficult to play against difficult to defend against um New York Red Bulls were were very very organized and and managed to keep um you know Giovinco off the off the score sheet and they've got so many good attacking players um that that just because they're down there in the standings that's still a great result yeah especially and, on the road yeah and the other game on Sunday evening uh Vancouver nil Colorado won after Colorado going on a run that Orlando would be proud of in <laughs> terms of losing games they've now got seven points out of three uh, the last three games a win at Vancouver and you know what this wasn't as much of a surprise for me to chair uh, Eddie's first match of a suspension after uh, using offensive language to uh, what did he say I, I can't possibly say no because it's magic when you bleep it when when you say it, it like bleeps it automatically. Well, I'm not going to say it because I have parents that listen to this uh, this podcast. However, I will say that the MLS came out and said it's got a zero tolerance policy against offensive, discriminatory language in all its games. So you can make a, you know make up what he said. Okay, maybe we won't say it. <laughs> uh, so his first match of his ban and Colorado go there. Did you see the goal? The Young yeah. Zone goal. It was. Wasson came back from the uh, World Cup and, uh, yeah, he uh, defended for that just in a similar way that he defended when... He's not Panama. had a great great season, really, has he, in no. all seriousness. Uh, but a great win for Colorado. Are we turning the corner? Are we going to see a bit of a change for Colorado or is it too late? I look at the standings and I'm thinking, with, with where they're sitting, 10th, 16 games played... 15 points is still not that impressive, is it? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I mean, it's great that they've gone and won on the road in Canada, but they've literally got less points than they've played games. Yeah. So that needs to continue for like the next 20 weeks, and then we'll talk. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, it's nice to see, obviously, we want everyone who is from the UK to do well in MLS, so Anthony Hudson to turn it around. We've got our fingers crossed for him, but I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't expect them in a playoff place, put it that way. No. No. I think that ship might have sailed. If if we're saying Orlando aren't going to do it, then Colorado are not going to no, do it. No, not at all. A uh, team who uh, got back to winning ways this weekend, kicked off the weekend, FC Dallas away at Minnesota. I watched this game, and um, Minnesota had the chances, but Dallas did, they just needed one chance. They scored the goal from a header. 
my FC Dallas loving is still on. Yeah, they're, they're so they just do everything right. They grind out these. It's a one nil result against Minnesota, but it's on the road. It's a difficult place to go and play. We all know that stadium's not not ideal. I I really like the way that FC Dallas go about the business. Yeah, and uh, you know what? Out of all the games that Atlanta have played, I'm more worried about this one on on Wednesday night. Because... They're actually also level on points with a game in hand on on SKC. Yeah, so, so level top. I think the FC Dallas they continue to surprise people, like you said. Uh, the manager uh, Oscar Pereja did say uh, weeks ago now. Can you stop? praising us because that's when we drop points and they've continued and this was a massive result for them the way they played last week when they got beat uh to come back and to win at a tough place to go minnesota with all the stuff with uh mario diaz apparently going to the middle east as well so all that stuff in the background is a really impressive result uh so great for them minnesota though uh, they're where we expected them to be really aren't they yeah, and, and there was a bit of a debate going on as to whether Minnesota at this point of the season now go out uh, when the um, transfer window, well, transfer window is open now, um, whether whether they're to go and get three, four, five players that they desperately need or whether they just ride it out, get to the end of the season. There's no danger of, of relegation, which is a whole other debate, but this is exactly why we need it. Um, because teams just let their season dwindle out and, and don't bother. Um, but with the new stadium being ready for, for next year, maybe they just make all their, their signings, you know, impact signings over the uh, uh, over the winter yeah, and, and come back and, and try again next year. And it, it's a shame to say that because actually, you know, the fans are still going to want to go and, and watch their team. But unfortunately, you know, Minnesota are, are nine, 16 games played, 16 points. It's, it's The Colorado situation is not good enough. No, but I think with Minnesota, it's, you've got to remember it's the second season. And they'll get... It's Atlanta's second season. There's, it is, there's yeah, no, There's no excuse. In a similar way that Atlanta... I know they only had six, well, less than six months at the the temporary ground they were using, but they got they did re-energise themselves when they moved. I think Minnesota, they could just be a re-energise about the team when they move to the new stadium and is there an argument that that MLS are doing this wrong that you should have your stadium ready to go as soon as you join the league because we're seeing a lot of temporary places and you know it's not doing the teams any good it's not doing the home side any good the away side any good it's not doing the television ratings any good the attendance any good is there an argument that we should just have you know because so many teams when you look when you look through um you know whether it's uh, Atlanta, New York are still playing in, in a temporary home. Um, obviously, DC United, Minnesota, Orlando did it. There's, is there an argument that sort your stadium out, get yourself ready, and then you can play in MLS? Um, there is, but I, I do think with MLS at the moment, it's kind of like a uh, this is a. Are you going to say a transitional period? Because yeah, I can't in, deal with in it. In five years. Oh, you sound like Man United. In five years. MLS will be smashing it. All the stadiums will be will be made, especially leading up to the World Cup. It'll all be made. All the the, the clubs will be playing in top state of the art stadiums, and it'll look brilliant. But for now, I don't see a problem with it. As long as the like, if DC United were playing on a park and had no ambition to move, and yeah, there's a bit of an issue with that. Because... I'll, tell, I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why I said this, and it's because I we work really hard trying to introduce people to MLS. And actually, it's kind of when someone's around my house and I say, oh, actually, just watch this game. You know, DC United are playing at that soccer plex and it just looks horrific, you know, and it's on television. It's being broadcast around the world. I just mean from, you know, it doesn't particularly bother me. It'd be, yes, it'd be lovely if they're in a, you know, Audi field. But I just think MLS is... Everything about MLS, it's so American and Canadian to a point where everything's a big show and it's got to look perfect and be huge. And I just think that doesn't really fit with with what the league is about. No, it doesn't. But we're on a journey. MLS is on a journey. and But I do think in a few years, five years max. That... We are on a journey. Like, it yeah. feels good. We're on a journey. And this is the thing for us and, and for anyone listening who are just getting into MLS this season, like... Um, 
you know, I've got, I know people who listen to this who have said listen to it and they, they're enjoying the podcast now and they've chosen a team. What's wrong with them? They've chosen a team. But they'll be on the journey that we are and you'll in five years you'll be like, oh, remember when remember when Minnesota played and they had Minnesota written across the goal line? You know, it's <laughs> it's part of the journey. So Remember I'm, when we uh, remember when we used to record a podcast and people used to listen? That's yeah. what we say. Uh we'll just be too Two old men just sat in a, a room chatting, pretending we have we have friends. Like now, anyway. On that depressing note. Uh, right, let's run through some of the other games. Portland won the Cascadia Cup match, and this did not obviously go down well in Seattle. I tell you what, I put on Twitter after the game, I said, what now for Seattle? A guy called Danny got in touch, and this is what he said. He did not hold back. He said... Uh, we fire Schmetzer, we throw Dempsey in jail for stealing money and ride out the season and figure out ourselves out for next year. I think he's got a point. I think we made, well, certainly I, I don't know whether you agreed with me, I made the point that when you make a start to the season like that, you have to make changes. I think it was very different to Toronto's. In, you know, Toronto was showing a bit of a bit of promise, at least. Seattle didn't look bothered at all. Even going back to the Seattle LAFC game, you know, Seattle at, at RSL, it just didn't. It didn't look right. Nothing looked. Nothing looked okay. Um, I, I think Schmetzer should have gone a long time ago. I think big changes should be made. And I think, as a fan, you know, you're always a little bit angrier as a fan. I, I was with with Orlando. You know, I'm thinking, why am I getting up at two, three o'clock in the morning to watch this? Like that, we're being let down massively. And I think as a fan, you you feel that. And I think that's why it's important. Um, people like, you know, when we get feedback on this podcast, we're fans at the end of the day. You know, it's great to watch um, Fox Sports and, and have them, you know, critique your team's performance. But we're fans just like everybody else at the end of the day. And, and I think when you look at your your team as a fan, you're, you're either very happy or um, could see improvement or, like Seattle at the minute, very, very, very bitterly disappointed. And I don't think anyone will be surprised that Seattle lost that game. That's the sad thing. Yeah. Uh, the, the most surprising thing after that first half is that it finished 3-2 because mm. it was 0-0 at half-time. Uh, yeah, Seattle are just... I know it's been stop-start. I know they've had injuries and then the likes of Roman Torres has gone on to the World Cup and stuff. But it's still like... I just don't see it improving for them. And, and I think, actually, Danny's he's, Danny's right in saying ride out the season. I don't see him closing the gap. Even the most optimistic Seattle fan will say it'll be a struggle to do that. But uh, And then just reassess next season. Because you look at Seattle, you look at the stadium they play in, and you look at everything about... The club, they are one of the biggest clubs in MLS and this is not good enough. And, you know, Portland, well played to them. They're on a good run and they'll make the playoffs. And if Seattle are going to compare themselves to their big rivals, they're really in a poor situation right now. There's a lot of teams in in the West with uh, negative goal difference. Seattle, of course, one of them with, with minus eight. Um, Houston are in seventh. They've got a goal difference of seven. Other than that, you have to go up to fourth place to find somebody else with a positive goal difference, and that is Portland. I just think it's a, a poor side of the uh, of MLS. There are some really good teams in it, but when you compare it to, you know, the the other side where you've got even you've got two New York teams, you've got Atlanta, you know, you've got Chicago. I'd, I'd say Chicago would finish much higher if they were in that that conference. Mm. And what's weird is that when Orlando went on that run, which seems like 50 years ago now, um, most of the teams they were beating were in the East as well. Well, that tells you everything. Now we're just getting hammered by teams in the West. Uh, right. You know what? Let's talk about uh, Montreal. Uh, I, and we did talk about them on the last podcast. Of course, they beat uh, Orlando twice. <laughs> They've now beat SKC. You give their manager, you give Remy Gard a lot of stick. You mm. give Montreal a lot of stick. We spoke to Ryan, who's a Montreal fan. Uh, and he was a bit more optimistic. They've won three in a row now. It, they're turning the corner. They are, and you know, credit where credit's due. Um, Remy Gard's uh, turned it around, but th- this is what we were looking for him to do. Maybe six, seven weeks ago, I think. If you look at the, you know beating um, beating SKC is a massive result, but I didn't see when I look at that the the Galaxy game a few weeks ago and. And uh, many games back before that, I didn't see anything that even looked remotely like they were going to do this, that they were going to turn this around. And I think it's good that he's done it 
it's just a shame because I think if it had been a few weeks earlier, it could have made a real difference. I still think it can. I think Piatti scored in his last three games. Piatti's one of my favourite strikers in the uh, in the whole league. I still in with that. a shout for playoffs. I'm not. I'm not knocking it. I think with Piatti back in farm, he scored nine now this season. I think they're a dark horse for the the playoffs. I think. Okay. Uh, Columbus got a win against Real Salt Lake. Real Salt Lake away from home, so this was this was expected because they never win away from home. Uh, Columbus another good win for them, so two one. Uh, New England, uh, DC United were never going to win this with all the uh, how can we put it all the circus around the Rooney deal, which finally got confirmed. Uh, DC, let's get to work, mate. Uh, they lost three two to New England Revolution. Um, Penila with two goals, Bunbury with one. They've got. New England, I think, with with those up front, they'll always score goals and uh, they, they continue to impress us this season. In a weird way, I think New England's a very difficult place to go. You know, if you're going to concede three goals at, at home, uh, away to New England, I think it's almost impressive that DC did almost put up a fight a little bit because um, mm. I think back in the day, maybe that could have been a 3 or 4 nil defeat. Yeah, and uh, I think DC will be interesting to watch... Uh, the next the next few games before Rooney plays because a lot of them, especially the attacking players, like Assad scored too, he'll be looking and thinking, right, Rooney's gonna play. My place in the team is is under threat here and he's done himself a world of good. Mm. Uh, Chicago, this was a big win against New York's uh, City FC. Uh, Alexander Katai celebrated the fact that he's staying for at least another month, uh, which I think if Chicago don't don't try and get him down for till at least the end of the season. Then they are mad because they need to sort that. He's in excellent form at the moment. Scored two great goals. He turned it around against NYC. A proper old-fashioned topsy-turvy game. This that, and, and it's massive when you look at when you look at the standings in the East. This is big because Chicago down to sixth in that final playoff spot. You've got um, NYC FC up in the top three, challenging with the Red Bulls and, and with Atlanta. This is a big, big result. I was impressed that we turned like we turned it around the way we did because when New York City uh, Sajori and uh, Burgett scored just before half time, made it two one. I honestly looked at that and thought New York will, will carry on the, the the sort of momentum they're getting under the new manager. But no, Chicago came out and, and smashed it start of the second half and then held on. I think it was a really big win, like you said. It, it means a lot. This stage of a season is getting to that point where wins. Can you know you get a little run together and then you're in the playoffs? Mm, totally. LAFC four one. They continue to impress even without their uh, without Carlos Vela, who unfortunately is coming home <laughs> uh, from the World Cup. But four one, big win. And Diamande a hat trick. He's re- Vela's going to have to work for his plays back in the team, isn't he? I was excited when when we heard that this transfer was happening, and and um, it caused a bit of a stir when when I first tweeted it out. Uh, about him moving to LAFC, but that's what the kid can do. Yeah, and and this is the thing. There's a I think MLS gives players a, a new lease of life. It gives them a new confidence, a, a fresh start. And boy, did he grab it! <laughs> uh, let's actually let's have a look. I've got I've got it down here. Where are we? Right, LAFC because he scored. He has just he scored one, two, three, four, five, six. He scored seven goals in his last four games. The guy is on form. Um, and I honestly think, sorry, Carlos, but you'll be on the bench. Do you reckon? Yeah, I think you do. Can you not fit them both in? I don't know, because then that means taking Rossi out, I think. It's a strong roster. It's a strong roster, and also LAFC now, two points off SKC with a game in hand. It's it's hot enough in the West, baby. It is. Only at the top. The rest is lukewarm (laughs) for the rest. Uh, And to round it off for the weekend, San Jose, LA LA Galaxy, sorry, 3-3. What a great game. Two goals for Wando. Wondolowski, six away from the record now. Is he going to do it by the end of the season? Uh, The way he's playing, he's he's really been bagging him recently. I think he will do. I'm going to bet against it. Are you? Yeah. Should we have a little wager? Go on. Six. He won't get. He won't get six. He won't get to the milestone before the end of the season. Wondolowski scores them in. In so he doesn't score one. He'll score two a game. They're like so, buses. Yeah, I think I'm only three games away from it. <laughs> this is true. Right. I tell you what. We'll have a wager. If anyone wants to tweet us at MLS UK Show, what the wager shall be. I think Wondolowski will get the record before the end of the season. You don't. We'll be honest. I'm just doing it to make it interesting. <laughs> tweet us. What shall we? What should the forfeit be? 
Okay, um, shall we take a look at the predictions? Find out how we did? Yes. Okay, this is probably not going to go well. Elliot Holman, Henry Hewitt, MLS UK Show. So this is bittersweet for me, because I know I've got one of these right. However, it's the one that I really didn't want to get right. Yeah, so last week, if you listened on episode 17, was it, of the podcast? I've lost count now. I think it was 17. Yeah. Uh, I, You said that Atlanta would beat Orlando 4-0. Mm. I covered my back just in case Atlanta didn't beat Orlando, and I said 1-1. <laughs> which, you know, going into halftime could well have it could have happened. Uh, second half blew that away. Uh, this week, Elliot, out of everyone who got in touch, and out of myself and, and you, you won. Did I? You got 40 points. Really wow. impressive. Uh, you got the FC Dallas score right, obviously the Atlanta score right, and you also said that Portland, Columbus, New England, and LAFC would win. Uh, you said LA Galaxy would score three, but you said it was 3-1. Um, so yeah, so you did very well. I got 20. Thank you, thank you, thank yeah. you very much, thank you. I had a disappointing... Stop it, stop it, stop it. Uh, disappointing that uh, 20 points I got. I only Because <laughs> that's because I got FC Dallas, I said it'd be 2-1, obviously they won 1-0, so I get five points. You get five points for correct outcome, 10 points for a correct score. I said FC Dallas would win, I said Columbus would win, New England would win, Chicago would win, and... Uh, then that was it. So very disappointing. I can still hear someone clapping in the distance. Thank you. Stop it. Stop it. I tell you what, who we should be clapping for, a proper MLS hero. We're going to say it. Ryan, who got in touch with us, he got 35 points. He did very well. He also said Columbus would win 2-1 and then got a a lot of outcomes right. He sent us a really nice message. DM does. Now, Ryan got married in Rhode Island at the weekend. So congratulations. We're off on the road to Rhode Island. Yep, he got married. And then uh, his wife allowed him to take his dad and watch his first ever, uh, his dad's first ever MLS game, New England versus DC. So a 3-2 for New England, a great game. Plus he got married in Rhode, Rhode Island. So congratulations. And he got 35 points on predictions. Good as well. work. Good work. Congratulations. Uh, so I mean, I still won. Yeah, he did. But, you know. He got married, so... Less marriage, but... Maybe we should give him an extra 10 points. Oh, yeah, you would. Uh, so I've, I'm looking... Oh, I'm going to have to. I'm going to have to do a lot better in the midweek games. You need to up your game. The MLS UK Show. Can we talk MLS All-Star? Because I realise that we, we actually haven't done this yet, and uh, I don't really know why we haven't. Yeah, we've kind of... Uh, this is the thing is that we've got all these plans like we're going to grade teams we're going to talk about the all-stars and we've just not got around to doing it yet so we will do all these things we'll also have an mls all-star special uh amongst all the other specials that we're promising but um these will happen there's also going to be a zlatan special he's going to be joining us on the show uh i wish um stripper special no, well, we have been getting people getting in touch with the, their gradings of each team. So people are keep on getting in touch because we will do it. Uh, so the All-Star team was announced. This is going to happen on August 1st. It's at Atlanta's uh, Mercedes-Benz Stadium. And uh, the MLS All-Star team are playing Juventus. If you're unaware of what happens every year at the, in start of August, a European team goes over and faces like uh, the best players in MLS. I don't think this happens in any other league. I think no. it's, it's a very American thing to do, isn't it? But I love it. Last year, Real Madrid went over and uh, it was 1-1 one, one, one sitting and then Real Madrid won penalties. Yeah. I watched it in Hooters. Is there anything more American? That is, yeah. Um, so they've announced the team this week and unsurprisingly, there's a lot of Atlanta players playing. Uh, less so Orlando. As Latans up front, yeah, as but well. like not being funny, but Tata, Tata, the Atlanta coach, is is the is the all star head coach. He's not going to go choosing a load of Orlando players. I mean, also because they're terrible, but <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you know, you do have a point. Shall we have a run through the roster? Yeah, let's do it. Um, there's a few like there's a few really obvious picks. So um, Giovinco, I think it's going to be good to see Giovinco play outside of that Toronto side just to kind of prove that he's still still got it yeah. um, Zlatan was always always going to feature he was um, he was picked and voted for by the fans um, Zlatan and Martinez up front is you know when you say big man little man that's that's brilliant yeah what a, what an absolutely incredible lineup so you've got Zlatan 
Giovinco and Martinez. Yeah, uh, and even like the likes of Vela, David Villa, they're all in the squad, right, Phillips? Do you know what I like? You know you're allowed three designated players in yeah. a team. Someone could genuinely have Zlatan, Giovinco and Martinez. I mean, the rest of the team would be horrific, <laughs> but like, imagine if that was your front three. Yeah, they. I think what this does, this does, it shows us how good the players in MLS are. Because you look at that attacking setup there, I mean, you've got Vela's just Vela's just been to the World Cup. David Villa is a World Cup winner. We we were discussing, I think he is. Yeah, he won the World Cup. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Ibrahimovic is we all know Zlatan. Giovinco is, in my opinion, should be playing for Italy. Maybe he would have actually got to the World Cup if Giovinco <laughs> actually playing for him on a regular basis. Martinez is one of the brightest stars. It's it's, MLS is doing really well at the moment. Um, other names in there. BWP. Uh, Miggy, of course, was uh, voted for by the fans. Uh, Barco is an interesting one for me. What have you made of Barco so far this season? I'll be honest with you. I don't think he should be in the, the All-Star team because he is he's, he's going to be an All-Star. He's going to be a great player. He is a great player. He's going to be an even better player. But I just think he's only been playing, what, four or five months in MLS. Had a season uh, injury early on, didn't he? Yeah, so I don't think he's played enough games necessarily to get into this squad. However, if if this was a one-off game that wasn't an all-star game, it wasn't the razzmatazz that there is, then yeah, Pick Barco is a really good player. But I think for the all-star game, with the amount of Atlanta players in it, I'd just go with someone else. Um, Don Garber, the commissioner of MLS, has chosen Alfonso Davies from Vancouver Whitecaps, which I think is a great shout. He's having a very good season. Um, Dos Santos from Galaxy is also there in the midfield with Albert Elise. I love Elise. Great Houston player. Dynamo. Um, your man Piatti. You're a big fan of Piatti. Yeah. Probably the only realistic pick from Montreal, to be fair. Um, here's an interesting one. Alexander Ring from NYCFC. Probably doesn't get as many plaudits outside of New York as, as he should. No, he's, a, he's one of the... How can I put it? He's like a Jordan Henderson in the England team, where you don't—he's not that bad. He doesn't necessarily—he's <laughs> not necessarily going to be the player, that, the most outstanding player. He's not going to win uh, MVP or whatever, but he's a consistent player in a good team. So yeah, he deserves to be there. Um, Sanchez from SKC—he's had a very, very good season. I'm surprised there's not more SKC players. In. I am, to be fair. Um, Valeri was always going to be there. It's yep. his fourth appearance at MLS All-Star uh, in the in the Fan 11 um, votes. Here's an interesting one, one I don't necessarily agree with. Uh, Yoshi Yatun from Orlando. Uh, really like Yoshi, but I haven't seen much of him this season. And let's be honest, when we have, Orlando hasn't been in great form. No. Um, I think if there weren't as many great attacking players in the, the roster as there is, then Dwyer would have a good shout. Yeah. However, Yatun... But I don't think your, your son's not the player that's going to go and and do a load of skill. He's not the player that's going to be the outstanding player. So I think he's done all right for Orlando. But again, you know, you've you've got to look at it. He's been away to the World Cup as well, so we've not seen a great deal from him. No, and his team's lost about 20 games in a row. So. <laughs> um, it's interesting you mentioned Dwyer. Dwyer would have been my pick, not just because I'm an Orlando fan, but I think if you took him out of that team, which is what this is all about, this is about the best players. Dwyer, for me, is is up there. If you surrounded him with the players that are in this All-Star team, Dwyer, for me, is up there with a Giovinco. He yeah. was in the team last year, Dwyer was, uh, in the MLS All-Star team. I believe, based on talent alone, which is what this is, you're voting for the player, I believe Dwyer should be there. Because I think you, in terms of finishing, you give Dwyer the ball, he's going to hit the back of it. Yeah, I, I, I honestly think he would have got there if it weren't for the players that are already in there. I mean, Dwyer compared to the six attacking players that have been like Giovinco, Ibrahimovic, Martinez, Veya. I'm not arguing Villa, he's better. I'm yeah. arguing that if Orlando had had a better season, he'd he'd be there. And I think it's a little bit harsh because it's not a reflection on his ability. Yeah, although for me. When you look at him compared to the other, I think he's he's probably seventh, maybe Nikolic, so it's the seventh and eighth best striker in the league, in my opinion. 
so that's why there's, uh, he hasn't made it. Also, uh, when we're looking at defenders in the All-Star team, uh, interestingly, Francisco Calvo, uh, Minnesota. Yeah, he's been away as well, hasn't he? He's yeah, been Costa in... Rican. Yeah. He's been in the in the World Cup. Uh, Lauren Siman, uh, shoo-in for me. I think he's been brilliant. That's his third appearance in the MLS All-Star team. Uh, Matt Hedges, second appearance. I like Matt Hedges. I think he's been a, a big part of what FC Dallas have mm. done. You, lots of people will concentrate on the like the, the attacking players they've got, uh, Uriti, uh, Lemaire. So to have a, a defender in, he's, he's nice for FC Dallas. Yeah, he's been huge for them. Uh, Aaron Long as well. He's broken through into the New York Red Bulls. Uh, starting 11 and uh, making his all-star debut and Michael Murillo as well from Red Bulls Red Bulls strong at the back Uh, he's also making his first appearance Um, trouble is plays for the Panama national team we all know they've not had the greatest of uh, (laughs) greatest of summers well we'll see who scores more Juventus or England (laughs) Uh, Michael Parkhurst more ATL Sixth appearance in the MLS All Star team. Yeah, I, I, Michael, you know, is a he's a good player, but I don't think he gets tested enough in that Atlanta defense. And I think the Atlanta defense with him, with Gonzalez Perez, uh, Escobar at the moment, I think because they're top of the league and because they do so well up front, I think they're there to be hit at. Mm. And I think sometimes it's an easy target to have. We've had a, a pop at Atlanta's defense before. I think it's an easy target. Mm. Um, so, but Parkhurst is a legend in in U.S. soccer. So it's for him to get his sixth appearance. You know, it's, it speaks volumes for him. Also making his sixth appearance in the MLS All Star Eleven, Graham Zuzzi again had to be there. SKC having a very good season. Uh, he's been instrumental. Uh, you know, been big for for the U.S. men's national team as well. I know they've not had the greatest couple of years, but um, he was obviously always going to make it. So he's the final defender. This is where I'm a little bit like, really? Atlanta hosting. Tata Martino is the coach. There's a lot of attacking players from Atlanta, quite rightly, in there. Totally agree. Um, I'll agree with Parkhurst as well. Brad Guzan, no, I'm sorry. I think there's better keepers. I think think this is the one where you're like, come on, it's getting a bit ridiculous now. Who would you have in? So Zach Steffen is the other goalkeeper. Mm. I'd play with Zach Steffen. I'd go with him in... uh, in the starting eleven, personally, who would you have instead of Goose on then? I think, I think when you look at teams such as LAFC, I think they've had like goalkeepers had a big role to play. I think if you're gonna, it's very difficult, isn't it? Or it's difficult on what it's judged on, whether it's a popularity contest or ability or the season they've had. Um, because I I don't believe if you started an MLS team right now and you had your pick, they were like, right, you can pick a you, know, you can draft a, a team from from a, a goalkeeper from MLS. I don't think you choose Brad Guzan. I think that's my point. Yeah, well, is that because Brad Guzan has been out of MLS? He's been to England and he's he didn't exactly set the place alight, did he? So I, you look at Tim Howard. If I'm sure, if you asked. Uh, someone to right? Do you want Guzan or Tim Howard? Despite his age, more people go with Tim Howard because they know he's done it in another mm. league. Do you know what I mean? I'd I'd have put Robles in there, and that's not just because of his performance at the weekend. I think he's a top quality goalkeeper. I think there's plenty of other goalkeepers that I would put in instead of Brad Guzan. And I'm I really... shocked. I'm shocked. Robles isn't there, even as a you know, like we've got. We've, there's a choice of two. I'm surprised one of them isn't Robles. Yeah, Zach Stefan for the season he's had. I think you've. And you've got to play him. And even here on the MLS website, it says he's been dubbed as the future of goalkeeping in the US national team. Well, if that's the case, give him a big game. You yeah. know, you've got to play him. You've got to give him that experience of playing in a big stadium, big crowd against top quality players. You've got to play him. I'd be really disappointed if Guzan plays. I'm excited for this game. Um, some very big names on both sides. Brilliant, uh, brilliant venue. It's going to be packed. It's going to be really good to watch. So uh, bring on the MLS All-Star Game. This week in MLS. Right, let's quickly take a look at what's going on this week because we've got some midweek action. Yeah. Which sh- means two podcasts, which means twice the work. Twice the work. Which means twice the suffering for you as well. Although we've not mentioned it, 
we're recording this on Tuesday afternoon. Of course, if England do go out the World Cup, then... Uh, Can we just not bother with the podcast? Like, <laughs> football will be dead to me. No, I'd, I'd really want to do it because I want to take my mind off it. So, <laughs> um, Right, this week in MLS, there, there's a match on Wednesday morning here in the UK. So Tuesday, Tuesday. night. Yeah, Tuesday yep. evening. Uh, two o'clock in the morning. Uh, it's just Houston versus LAFC. Houston had a weekend off. So they'll be fresh. Yeah, it's tough to call this one. I oh, I think Houston are strong at home and they've proven this year with wins over Atlanta, with New York City, that at home against the bigger sides, they can put in a performance. I think they're going to do the same. I think it'll be 3-2 to Houston. Just throwing this out there. Yeah. If you're LAFC, you've got the chance to go top of the West. I think you do it. I think you go all out. I think they will go all out, but I think Houston will win because they'll be fresher as well. 2-0 LAFC. Uh, Minnesota United can't score versus Toronto FC. Who can't score? <laughs> nah. Th- it, it gets to the point where you have to be like, come on, Toronto. Come on, Toronto. 2-1 Toronto. I think... Um, yeah, Gio, when Gio doesn't have a great game, he normally comes back and he will normally make up for it. So I think this will be... Uh, I think this will be 3-2 to Toronto. Gio scored two. Okay. FC Dallas versus Atlanta United. And this is at 1am. These matches are on uh, Wednesday night, Thursday yeah. morning. So technically Independence Day in America. So uh, have a happy Independence Day if you're, if you're listening from America. Uh what do you think, first of all? I don't know if it's wishful thinking. He's saying a Dallas win. I'm going to go 2 all. I'll go 1 0 Atlanta. Okay. Colorado Rapids versus Seattle Sounders. <laughs> <laughs> wow. 5 all. This is a. Well, Colorado have, have really boxed their ideas up, but other than that, it's a game of uh, two teams that don't want to win this year. 2-0 Colorado. Just throwing it out there. Straight in. 2-0. You know what? I'm going to agree with you. I think Colorado are in form. Seattle, they need a win. But I don't. I just don't see it happening. I said in the last podcast at the Portland game, that was the one where I'd be like, right, chances now. And they, they missed the chance. So I think Colorado... I think... I think 3-2 Colorado. Okay. RSL versus SKC. RSL at home, I'd always fancy uh, them. Sporting KC will be disappointed losing to Montreal, but I think RSL will will win. I think it will be 2-0 RSL. 1-0. And last but not least, this is at half three in the morning, so good luck if you're staying up for this one. Uh, LA Galaxy versus DC United. Isn't it such a shame that this is happening this week? I know. And not when Rooney's playing. Rooney v Latan would yeah. be the one. Um I think Galaxy have got enough. I think they'll win this 2-1. Uh, I think 4-2 to LA Galaxy. Nice. High-scoring game. Uh, we'll be back uh, in response to those midweek games. We'll find out how we did with our predictions. Um, I'm probably not going to beat my result this week. That was a bit of a shock. No. don't know when I got so good at this. Um, but, yeah, thank you very much for listening. We'll uh, we'll hope you enjoy the, the midweek action. And we'll be back to take a look ahead of a big... Big weekend in MLS. Yes, James O'Connor's first game for Orlando, so we might get an Orlando fan on the phone to have a chat with them. Oh, more Orlando talk. Even I'm bored of it now. Uh, thank you very much for listening. We'll uh, we'll see you again in a couple of days' time. See ya. Sports Social Podcast Network. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.